0: In this episode, we have to sit down with Lisa Cotter and talk about our new book, Reveal the Gift. But more than that, we have to talk about femininity, feminine genius. What is feminine genius? What are the gifts? How do we live that out? And so I challenge you to listen to this entire conversation because there's so much here in unpacking and revealing. What is the whole womanhood thing and how do I do it? Uh, So all this and more coming up next.
1: Lisa, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you. That was a fun little intro. I've
2: never seen that. You guys are so tech savvy, like, <laughs> yeah, where with an interview at like that was cool. Well, I well. saw it. Usually, that's put in post production, but like I know. okay.
1: <laughs> well, uh, for our listeners, we are super excited to have Lisa Cotta here on the show. She is a speaker and an author, but more importantly, a Catholic, a Catholic, and a Catholic wife and a Catholic mom of four children. And we're here to talk about her new book, which we have right here, Reveal the Gift. And so Lisa, could you um, tell us a little bit about the inspiration behind the book or really why did you write the book?
2: Oh, such a great question. Um, so way back, about almost 10 years ago, I was given an invitation to speak at Focus's SEEK conference to all the women about authentic femininity And I remember getting the invitation and thinking, no, (laughs) no, why would you ask me to do that? Like, I don't know what to say. I feel like I'm failing at this every day, but it was an invitation. I was like, okay, Lord, fine. We'll sit and think with it. So I did. And I really got a sense on my heart of like, Lisa, I want you to do this. I don't want you to be afraid of what the church says about femininity. And that's why I had avoided the question because I honestly was afraid that maybe what I would discover would be like, oh, wait, the role of women is actually to be submissive doormats that only make sandwiches and have babies. And so I got nervous. I was like, oh, I don't want to know what the church says because then I I don't know what I would do. Um, (laughs) But I realized you know, if there's one thing that I'm going to be for the rest of my life, like always, is a woman. So if there's one Mm -hmm. thing that's worth spending time figuring out, it's maybe what it means to be a woman. What does the church say? What does this Catholic femininity thing look like? So I said, yes. I dove in and I was pleasantly surprised at what I found. And that was the beginning of all
0: this. (laughs) What were some of the things that you found or how has your view of femininity changed kind of over these last 10 years of exploring this topic?
2: Yes, oh gosh! yeah, it has been ten years of exploring, so I think initially, yeah, I just I took kind of like some face value verses like Ephesians five or um Genesis, right, when they talk about the helper, and I made my own interpretation of what that meant, and um kind of filled in gaps based upon some books I had read, mostly, honestly, by Protestants. Um, I don't dislike Protestants, but, you know, just there wasn't a whole lot out there for me as a Catholic on what is the role of a woman? What is femininity? What does this look like? Um, But since then, really, the works of John Paul II have been immensely life-changing for me, seeing the way that he talks about the dignity and worth and value of all humanity, and and then specifically, what does that mean for a woman? Um, has really changed my view of mm-hmm. of myself, my uh, view of other women in my life. Um, all of it um, has just brought a new sense of like joy and purpose for mm-hmm. for the gift of the genders, you know, of masculinity, femininity, yeah. and how when they come together in complementary ways, just the experience that you get of humanity.
0: Mm. So it challenged maybe some of those initial thoughts. I think when you uh, say the special helper, yeah. like oh well, my little be my little special helper, and like challenge some of that. The you know maybe that the church wasn't saying, hey, you have to be. A doormat and a special helper and have lots of babies and stay at home, make delicious meals. Like that is what is womanhood. And yes, that can be a way of living out womanhood, but it isn't the only path. And I think that that uh, you did a really good job in this book of presenting. I've read a lot on the feminine genius, and I was pleasantly surprised to see the gifts. Of women presented in a new and different uh, mm-hmm. way that I think invites more people, or more women, to relate to them outside of maybe <laughs> our fear of what they have to look like or our stereotype of what they have to look like.
1: Yeah, I, and and I was just gonna say, like, thank you for writing this book, mostly because you read the the reading the writings of John Paul II, and they are like. I mean, incredibly beautiful and amazing. And it's one of the things that, um, you know, was instrumental in my conversion, but they're also difficult to read. I mean, he's like the St. Thomas Aquinas of like sexuality. Yeah. And And so sometimes it's really nice to have someone be able to read it, digest it and break it down for common folk like myself. Mm-hmm.
2: Definitely. <laughs> yeah. Jump on the second. It's a little daunting. I think that was part of my fear too, was just like, I'm not going to be able to understand this. Like I'm not yeah. smart enough. I'm, I don't know these philosophical terms. And that's why it's taken me 10 years to finally get the book out <laughs> because I did, I wanted, um, You know, there's so much great work out there on the Feminine Genius um, that is very uh, practical, um, very like, hey, here's my experience. And There's nothing wrong with that. It's it's so good. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, And then there's so much work that's like, this is the academic side of it. Like, and you Mm -hmm. have to have a philosophy degree to be able to read this book and comprehend it. Um, And I wanted to bring the two together. I wanted to make Mm -hmm. it accessible for any woman because I think there's. Quite a bit of confusion honestly about what the feminine genius is when we talk about it um, there's just a little bit of like if you were to say like hey define the feminine genius like most women even those who have read about it would be like uh <laughs> it's gifts like you know yeah. like, it's like how do, how, do you, <laughs> how do you define it right so so I wanted to I wanted a book that was like really accessible for everybody mm. to be able to read whether you were sorry I'm like all well, these thoughts are coming to my mind no, it's whether <laughs> Whether you are a wife and a mother, because I think sometimes when you think about the feminine genius, it's like, well, I guess I'll live that when I have kids or when I'm married. Mm -hmm. But there's this reality of like, no, like every woman has a call to live from their feminine genius, no matter what stage of life they're in, but there wasn't a whole lot on how do I do this if I'm not married or have children mm-hmm. or grandchildren? What am I supposed to be doing? What does that even mean if I'm not mm-hmm. yet a mm-hmm. wife and a mother? And so that's, you'll, you'll notice in the book, as you may have noticed, like, there's not a ton on, um, like, specifically addressed to wives and mothers. It's more addressed yeah. to like, hey, this is universal. This should be for any woman. Any woman should be able to live from their feminine genius no matter what stage of life they're in. And so that's who I wrote it to was any woman, no matter where she was at in her vocation.
1: So, um, and that was something I really liked about the book was how do you define femininity? How do, like, how do you, it's like nailing jello to a wall, but, um, but you did lay down some, some gifts, some, um, you know, concrete things that I that are real, genuine feminine gifts that that the Lord has bestowed upon women and, and that, frankly, they're just really good at. And so are there uh, are there ones that stick out to you maybe in like a like, yeah, like that one I really um, connect with or ones that were like, ah, uh, that one I might need to work on a little bit. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
2: Yes yeah well I think the first thing I would say I think one misconception that is important to bring up here is um, so in the book I talk about eight different g- gifts that JP2 drew mm-hmm. out and there's a paradigm out there um, that I, I can't say is wrong but it's not fully right <laughs> I'd also say it that there's this idea that there's four aspects to the feminine genius um, mm-hmm. and have you have you seen that before or heard that before? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And so it's, I'm not like saying like, oh, people who do that are idiots. Like, no, I'm not saying that <laughs> at all. Four? Yeah. <laughs> but it's important to note, like, K two never gave us a list of gifts from the feminine genius. Like, he never said there were four aspects. What happened is somebody um, wrote an article on the feminine genius and they themselves pulled out four gifts that they saw. And even in the article, they made it clear um, that this wasn't a definitive list. Um, but when you Google what is the feminine genius, it's one of the first things that pops Pops up And so people who were doing quick research were pulling that up and seeing it. And then it just kind of like slowly all of a sudden became like this, like Nothing. written is like, this is gospel truth when it's, it's not at all. And so, um, yeah, so like I said, so there are there are more than four aspects to the feminine genius. Um there are more than eight aspects or gifts to the feminine genius. I pulled out eight that I saw JP2 frequently talk about when he wrote and spoke on the topic. And so um those those eight are kind of what I drew from, um but I also want to make it clear that even even eight isn't the right number because there is no right number. We don't have a number. So, um Yes, but there are certain, right, gifts or um, charisms or attributes or, I mean, you can call them all kinds of things. Benedict calls them values. That um, Yeah, you look at some of them and I'm like, oh, I'm not that. Like, <laughs> how do I relate to that, right? So, yeah, I would say for me, especially earlier on, I think I've grown in this, but sensitivity was one of those words when I would see mm-hmm. him talk about a woman's unique sensitivity. I'd be like, but I don't cry, <laughs> so I guess I'm not very feminine right and like that was a story I told myself but what I didn't realize is that I was looking at this this gift from the secular point of view or the stereotypical point of view and I thought Mm -hmm. oh well sensitivity means that you have to be this like super emotional woman who's um, like very sensitive to other people in the sense of like If they say something mean, it makes you cry or um, sensitive as in if you like watch a sappy movie, you cry. That's what I thought sensitivity was. And then I started to read what Pope St. John Paul II said and realized like, oh, that's not what he means by sensitivity. You know, so there's that's where I'm talking about this misunderstanding sometimes of what the feminine genius is, because we we attribute stereotypes to these words based upon our personal experiences, but that's not necessarily what JP2 is getting at. Sometimes there's a lot of overlap, but there are words where um, there's just a misunderstanding because we take it from the secular view, not from the JP2 view or the, or the church view Mm -hmm. or whatever it is. So sensitivity would definitely be one of those that I got a little tripped up on. And that was why I feared like, Oh, I don't know how to do this girl thing. I'm terrible at it because I'm not girly girl who cries a lot.
0: Yeah. I think that's totally fair and something I can very much relate to in learning how to be a woman. You mean, uh,
1: you mean being a woman in the Air Force, they don't teach you.
0: Yeah, no, there's definitely be more like a man uh, attitude in it, uh, which is not is not coming from a place of even like sexism. It's it's coming from a place of that's how the Air Force has done business for its entire experience and then women come in around the 80s and all of a sudden like how does a woman lead in that environment and what does that look like and and so there's just some learning curve there yeah so sensitivity was was not a thing uh but i for our viewers i did want to lists the eight that you pulled out. So you listed self-giving, receptivity, maternal, sensitive, intuitive, generous, faithful, and strong. And I, I think that's such a Powerful list, but what stood out really in this book was again how how you took each one of these gifts and presented them in a different way. Because there is a part of me that goes, "Okay, well, yeah, I can see all of that in my motherhood," or like, or I have seen how these have been twisted. Which in every chapter, you have a section of how they're how they are twisted Mm. and how my own wounds, my own experiences with women have tainted these or influenced the way I receive them or how I have learned to express them. And so I do think that there is a lot of healing available in this book, Mm. especially if those words feel hard. Or you feel like you don't measure up or that women don't measure up in that way uh, or haven't in your life for you. Um, yeah, just a different a different way to approach them, which I think was really good. Um, in that, one of our favorite parts of the book is your storytelling. Your storytelling is incredible and just invites you in in such a powerful way. And we joked with each other that maybe it's because – and so you tell a story of each with each gift of a woman or a gift of women who lives this out, and we joked with each other that maybe these saints uh, are connecting with us because a lot of the stories we tell right now are like five-year-old, three-year-old, one-year-old level, which is just yeah. a very different, uh, you know. Elizabeth Ann Seton taught children yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. all of her life experience. Mm, we're not going to get into Dorothy Day, like. Oh, she like served the poor. Like okay, like a very very uh G. Uh and their lives were not that. Their lives mm-hmm. involved suffering and they involved loss and they involved hardships and they involved realness which gives me hope. Um and so thank you for capturing that. Um and for capturing some different women because I in generosity you said, well, the first thing that comes to mind is Mother Teresa, but like we all know and love her, so let's talk about somebody totally different. And you presented a saint, a servant of God that I have never heard of, and just that opportunity to expand. What does holiness look like? Uh, again, what does womanhood look like? What does holiness look like? We can have sometimes a tainted view. What were? I don't know if you can pick one, but what was your one of your favorite women uh, to write about in the book?
2: Oh, that is such a hard question. (laughs) I spent like a month with each of them because my goal really was to read their story and find the gems, you know, like find Mm -hmm. those deeper pieces that are not in the short little bios, those pieces where you go, ooh, that's what made her tick or that's where her heart lied or that's where her wounds were. I wanted to see like the experience of the woman, not just the like picture on the holy card, you know, where you're like, um... So I guess, so, yeah, so I spent like a month with each of them. And of course, that was always my favorite saint, whoever mm-hmm. I was learning about, or a group of women, right? Because yes. some of them are groups of women, like uh, the women of the French Revolution or the women yeah, at the foot of the cross. Um, mm-hmm. And so, I, I mean, the first person that comes to mind, though, honestly, is Elizabeth Ann Seton. Um yeah. And I think because she, when we look at her, we think of her as, like, this bonnet-wearing schoolmarm who was, like, frumpy and had a ruler and was, like, super disciplined and strict. And then you read her, like, real story and you understand her life and where she came from. And Mm -hmm. you realize, like, um, yeah, we should probably rebrand her. (laughs) Like, that's not super accurate. (laughs) Um, so yeah, like you were talking about like the G side, right? So Elizabeth, the Seaton, just to give a little taste of her life. Um, well, she was born Protestant, right? She loses her mom as a young child and her father eventually remarries this woman who completely rejects her and her little sister, our older sister, um, And her father's this workaholic, right? Who I'm like, he's like the, he's like the Dr. Fauci of the time, basically, is the the way you describe him. Like there was the, this pandemic going on, um, that they couldn't figure out. And he was the health department of New York. And so he was, you know, constantly working and just very like cold to his new wife who was having lots of babies for him. And so, so she grows up like without her biological mother, she grows up with this cold mother who is her, um. Stepmother, And then her stepmother has an opiate addiction because yeah. she can access it because her dad is a doctor or her right. husband's a doctor. And so both she and her older sister, um, very likely, very likely, um, mm-hmm. we can't like hard proof this, but like very likely had this addiction. And so she grows mm-hmm. up just like in this turbulent home, right? Like. Oh And we know her as Mother Seton and like she is like the epitome of motherhood in our in our in the way we talk about her. Um, but like you don't realize, like she grew up without an example of what a mother should look like. Mm -hmm. Yet she learned and she um embraced right this this gift of maternity, which is given to every woman, whether or not she physically bears children or not, right? There's physical motherhood and spiritual motherhood, which JP 2 frequently talks about, um, because we have, right. This capacity as women to, to bear children. Therefore we have the capacity to mother because whether or not it's, you know, fully, uh, exercised in the physical way or not, we need that. And so you see that in her life. Um, she does become a physical mother. She becomes an adoptive mother. Most people don't know that part of her story. I'll let yeah. you read the book to get to that because I could go on. <laughs> and then she's this spiritual mother to all the children that she educates and then she's mother superior of her religious order that she founds which is this whole new idea for the church because she was a widow with children yet she felt this call to give herself to God holy as a religious sister and so there's just like her whole story right I love
0: it
1: yes oh there's so much there
0: <laughs> yes well,
1: and, I, and I think oh. it's I think it's really inspiring for uh, our listeners who didn't have a lot of this like authentic Mm -hmm. femininity or these gifts modeled for them to know that no there are like saints (laughs) there are people in heaven right now who also did not have this model to them Mm -hmm. and they through the grace of God through learning through reading um, you know through self-introspection were able to capture and embody these things um, yeah just to to spread the word of God to take care of children to make the world a better place all of it Um, but I and I was thinking too so I don't, did you have any concerns about writing this book now? Because I feel like 10 years ago, there wasn't a lot of controversy or or things about femininity and identity and all of these mm-hmm. things. Right. And now that we're surfacing, it's, I mean, it's kind of a hot topic in our culture right now. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know, what, what are your thoughts on, on kind of what's going on with femininity? Cause you, you lay out a couple of different eras of, Hey, what is femininity? What, what was it supposed to look like in the 50s and in the 80s and different things? But I think there's kind of it's been hijacked again, almost in in our society. And so I'm curious at your thoughts of like your book and, t- you know, the culture today.
2: I know it's so interesting, isn't it? Because here I, you know, I gave this talk for the first time in 2013 and had this, you know, desire to write this book for a long time. Uh, but God put another book on my heart and he was like, this one's first. That's Dating Detox, the one I wrote with my husband. And then I, you know, got, like, this, like, feeling of, like, yep, now's the time. But it was, like – a couple of years ago that i was like okay yeah. here we go we're diving into this topic now over 2 years mm-hmm. ago and then so much has changed in the landscape of my process of writing it right yeah. i was like wow oh, lord man. like yeah but not only do we have this one side of the secular world that's looking at femininity from one lens um but even within our church without naming names or titles mm-hmm. there's also some questions about you know on this other side so so the church is saying yeah. gender has no purpose no meaning or sorry
1: <laughs> the secular it. world yeah. is
2: saying Gender has no purpose, no meaning. There's nothing to this. It's, it's mere biological. Mm-hmm. Whereas um, on the other side, even within the church, there's some circles that are saying, no, 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 a woman's place is actually, you know, complete submission to her husband, making sandwiches and having babies, and that's it. Um, It's like, wow. Okay. So here's my book coming out in the middle of (laughs) the storm (laughs) Um, where people I I think are really genuinely asking, okay, so what is going on here? Like what, who am I supposed Mm -hmm. to be listening to? What voice am I supposed to be listening to? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think what's beautiful about the book is like um, nothing in here is my, well, not nothing, but very little in here is my original thought. And I'm okay with that. It's yeah. the words of Pope St. Paul II. Mm-hmm. It's the teachings of the church. It's the teachings of Genesis from the beginning, right? Like what was, what was God's original intention and plan? That's what I, before fall, right? We have to do this as pre-fall because post-fall, that's when things got twisted really badly. Mm-hmm. But what was God's original plan for woman? And that tells us something about who we are and who we were created to be. And so I think there's a beauty in that God, um, knows right and like in his perfection and yeah there's a little mm-hmm. bit of me that's like oh well i guess i can never run for office now because i'd get canceled in a second um <laughs> I was for a political career anyway so you know <laughs> <Okay. good>. um <laughs> well, but i just want like the beauty and the truth to come out and it's even hard to mm-hmm. capture here in this quick podcast you know because i, yeah. I know there's some people who are listening maybe and they're hearing like Oh, so she's like this, like liberal feminist. And there's other people going, Oh, so she's this hyper conservative who thinks that, you know, and I'm like, no, no, neither of those actually, like I'm Orthodox, I'm for the church and I want to bring out the -hmm. church. What does the church Mm -hmm. teach? And it's beautiful when you dive into it and when you read it, and then I wanted to, bring the lives of the saints alongside to make it come alive. So it's not just Mm
0: -hmm.
2: these, you know, heady thoughts, but like, no, what does this look like lived out? Like, show me how to do this. Show me where I'm wounded Mm -hmm. in this area and help me. That's kind of the last piece of each chapter, right? Not only is where does it get Mm -hmm. twisted, but what do we do about it? How do we fix it? Show me, how do I, how do I live from this gift? Because God knows you better than you know yourself, Right. He's the one who created you and he knows um, like what's going to make you peaceful, joyful, and fulfilled in this life. And there's a way of expressing humanity that's called feminine. And there's a unique way to do that in a way that will bring peace. It's not in a tight box. Okay. That's, I think the fear is that people think, well, it's just one way to do this. But when you look at the lives of the saints, oh my gosh. In every time, place, nation, tongue, race, there is, women who have been raised up as saints. And so there is so much room to live and breathe the way in which you express your unique individual personality, the way in which you live from your feminine nature that is so freeing. And that's what I want women to experience from this book.
1: Uh, some Something you said, uh, I think I've just been praying about a lot of, everyone's really trying to make sense of uh, of our times, of what's going on right now. And it there paints a picture that you're either on like the far left you're on the far right or you're just like a lame duck in the middle who's (laughs) who's lukewarm and and Mm -hmm. i think that's not true like there's um you can have this radical orthodoxy to be centered in christ Mm -hmm. and and i think when you read that you know you dive into the teachings of the church of the saints of the popes you can realize that you don't you don't have to land on this political spectrum like all you can be like centered on Christ and be radical about that. And so I think that was just something that I appreciate about the book is, is this um, authenticity in the teachings of the church and just the beauty of that and how that we can live that and be saints.
0: Uh, And I, I think it's really important to acknowledge that there is this twisting that occurs, but the reality that God made you, as you said, for for this world and your unique gifts, the way that you live out these gifts is needed and important. And as jean Paul II says, like it is for all of society. Like society needs women in all aspects, at home, in the public life, in the like all of it, and they need these gifts. And men, I think one of the other things that you highlight is that it's not that men don't have these gifts, Mm -hmm. but that women have them in a specific way and serve as an example of them. And so Mm -hmm. it's only when we are healed that we are good examples of them too. And so maybe there's some healing that needs to happen in each one of these and some growth that needs to happen. And practically there's a ton in the book also at the end of each yeah. chapter is the challenge mm-hmm. and then drew loves the appendix yeah
1: i'm, <laughs> I'm a pilot so like the checklist or like appendix <laughs> like here's your list of ways to work yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> I
0: dig mm-hmm. it. all about it all about the practical yeah. how to how to catholic yeah.
2: that's right that was our <laughs> podcast that's right yeah. Oh, Oh. oh, I'm so mm-hmm. glad you brought that up though, that, that you think that's, that is so important to recognize too. Um, oh, there's just like so many pieces. I feel like to get the complete picture, you have to read the whole book. Yes. <laughs> you
0: gotta read the book. The book.
2: I know. <laughs> I'm not like trying to push it in that way, but like, <laughs> it always makes me a little nervous that someone's going to hear one mm-hmm. snippet and then yeah. be like, oh, yes. so she said this. And it's like, no, 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 no. Like you, you, this is not a simple Answer, you know, like what Ooh. is femininity? That's not a simple, yeah. oh, it's this, you know, like it, it's a hard question to answer unless you understand like there's a whole picture that you need to be able to see it fully. So I think one of the aspects that I think is so important that, that you just brought up is um, it's Pope Benedict, um, who, when he was Cardinal Ratzinger working under JP2 and this, I guess the CDC office in his role, right, who talked about this idea that, yeah, like women have these unique gifts that they are the privileged sign of is what he said. He called them values, right? The privileged sign. And he says, the reason is because women are more naturally inclined to these gifts, but it's their job to bring them and model them into the world. So, right. It's not that men are not called to be generous. It's not that men are not called to be sensitive. It's that they're called to, to do it in their own unique masculine way. And the way in which women express it and men express it, it's very, it's similar, but there's something about the way that we have been created. Our, our bodies right reveal something about us that is that is written on our soul and we bring that into the world and we express that in in complementary ways that are vital right to both church and society
0: yeah yeah and I, in this book, there's science, there's everything. I, and yes, it is the full picture. It's the theology, the brain science, the body, the way that we are created, all of these different elements tie together to get the fullness of it. Um, what are some practical things that you would want to highlight? Uh, we talked that they're in the book, but are there any that you would want to bring to women uh, to help them grow in their feminine genius?
2: I think it's. I practically. I think it's really important to ask. Like, ask yourself. Like, who am I listening to? Who is teaching me yeah. about who I am? Who Who is my, you know, um, professor when it comes to gender? Because yeah. if it's the world, yeah. then I'm. I'm. I fear that you're going to be disappointed because. It, and um, Drew, you kind of mentioned this. We go through looking at the different decades previous to now. Um, and to give like a quick overview, right? In the 1950s, to be a woman, you were like the domestic goddess, right? You knew how to cook. You knew how to clean. You stayed home. You cared for the children. That was what the world said it meant to be a woman, okay? Now, I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm just saying that's the reality, right? And then we hit the 60s and 70s. And to be a woman meant that you were totally good with the idea of just go with the flow, uh, sexual evolution, free love, right? there, There was just this idea that like you were just... On for the, along for the ride and, and, and you weren't concerned about really much in terms of like <laughs> your feelings, your thoughts. It was just like, let go of your inhibitions, right? Allow yourself mm-hmm. to be objectified. That's what it means to be a woman. You're cool with being objectified. Yeah. Then we hit yeah. the eighties and nineties and it's like, Hey, to be a woman means you, you assert yourself like a man, mm-hmm. right? If you grew up in the eighties and nineties, or if you've seen, you know, any pictures from the eighties and nineties, you know, like there was this big push of like, Hey, let's just and like become manly as women right mm-hmm. and so so the times are constantly changing is what that shows mm-hmm. us it shows us that in every every decade or every 15 20 years we change what we think femininity is and what it means mm-hmm. to be a woman and so what we see right now and what the world is saying right now means to be a woman mm-hmm. I, I without saying anything pro or against it, what I can tell you is it's going to change. So if you put your stock in that, you're going to have to change who you are and your opinions mm-hmm. and your thoughts every 15 to 20 years if you want to keep up with what the world is telling you you're supposed to be. And that's just exhausting. And so that's why I say let's go let's go to the beginning. Let's go to the yeah. unchanging. The church, in, in it's in, mm. obviously the way it speaks about femininity changes based upon the culture and time too. But at its foundations, the church has always affirmed women have worth, value, and dignity that is equal to man's. That has never been questioned, right? That has always been the foundation, right? The church has always said that the masculine and the feminine, they complement each other, right? These these key words in scripture that kind of bother us, like helper or um, wives be submissive to your husband, right? Like there's a mutuality to that. If you understand mm-hmm. what Paul was saying, if you understand what the teaching was saying, that that I think has been missed, even in Catholic circles, sometimes that that we w- we yeah. were created to mutually help each other, we were created to mutually yeah. submit to each other. But what does that look mm-hmm. like, right? So these are all the things that are explored in the book.
0: Uh, maybe not. I think to give that's you such, such an important.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I don't dive into as yeah. much because because I wanted yeah. to make it something that was accessible no matter what stage of life you're in, and that's more specific yeah, yeah. to the married state. So yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I think that that's fair. And I, I appreciate, um, that although Athesian five is one of my favorites now that I understand the fullness of it and the challenge that's there for men to like lay down their lives Mm -hmm. for me, I'll take that. I'll take that one. Um, but the (laughs) aspect of just, there's something about what you were saying for women as they dive into this, um, The healing that is available of that full picture um, with that idea that, again, we don't want somebody to take a snippet of this conversation. But in today's era, one of the things that I most see is this comparison. And we do it with society at large or with the catholic world like i either have too many kids and they were too early in my marriage or i have too few kids and it's too late in my marriage depending on like what you want to do with that you know and you make the joke of like do i have the right planner do i have the right you know what shirt or coffee mug or you know whatever it is because of our instagram view and our social media in general i think it's really easy to enter into this comparison and again to acknowledge that we are called to live out these gifts in our own unique way, that you were created with a purpose in the gender that you are, but also that you are going to live that out in a beautiful, radical way that the world needs. And so thank you. Thank you for flushing out a different way to live out these gifts uh, in making them accessible and real and not just the pretty Instagram picture that makes me feel like a failure. Um, Yeah. So thank you for that. Where else can people find more out about you, about Reveal the Gift?
2: Yeah. So I am on Instagram. Yep. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> <Where are we? laughs> just about, yeah, I was talking about that, that comparison thing. Yeah, you do have to be careful, though. Yeah, it is true. You, yeah. you can easily sum up like your life and compare it to the squares of somebody else's. And um, that's not always authentic, right? Um, but I am I, at Lisa Ann Cotter. And it's Ann with no E. Um, and then the book itself, you can get at, um, there's a whole page that it's it's nice. They made a cute little address for me. It's ascensionpress.com slash reveal the gift. So super simple, easy to remember, (laughs) ascensionpress.com slash reveal the gift. And then it'll take you to everything that you need um, to be able to purchase the book. It's available as an ebook as well. So you can get the Kindle edition there. Um, And then eventually it'll be up on Amazon. I don't know what's going on with it right now, but it is perpetually temporarily out of stock. So I can't is figure it, Amazon out. They're so confusing. Maybe, so, maybe that
1: means it's all—it's getting all bought up.
0: Also, but yeah. it's so good that the spiritual warfare against so it is your book solid. now. Cause... That's
2: right. One of those two, I don't fully know. I, don't, I, I don't. tried. Yeah, tried reaching out. I don't even know. So one day, <laughs> one day it'll be available on Amazon. But you can there always you get it there. Um, and then two, ask your local um. Catholic bookshops. I love supporting global Catholic bookshops. Ask them, you know, Mm. if they don't carry Mm. it, if they would get a copy for you, support them. Um, That'd be great. Yeah,
1: Mm. that's so good. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, Again, for all of our listeners, we'll leave links in the description for the book and for um, Lisa's social handles that you guys can check all of that out. I highly recommend it uh, for women. I highly recommend it for men to get a glimpse into the feminine genius. Uh, And so- With all that, um, thank you so much. I hope that this interview helped uh, you as our listeners grow in your faith like never before. And Lisa, again, thank you. Um, We are praying for you and for your family and for your ministry and for the book. Um, So God bless.
2: Thank you.